Welcome to Center of Attention, the podcast. My name is Seth Everett. Normally, we do this show with either a former NBA player, Tom Thomas, or a host of other great broadcasters, including David Moulton from Fox Sports Florida, Jay Mariotti, longtime columnist and broadcaster, and many, many more. This podcast comes from a Twitch show. We do the show Monday through Friday live, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll take the episodes that we do online and turn them into this podcast. You can download this podcast at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you can find podcasts, but you can see the show live and on archive by going to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Seth Everett. And if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can subscribe to the channel for free. That's right. Just link your Amazon Prime and a Twitch account, and suddenly you can subscribe to one channel and not pay a penny for it. You subscribe for free, and we get the subscription. Go to www.twitch.tv slash Seth Everett for more information. Now enjoy this episode of Center of Attention. I can't believe it's August, and I can't believe we're still talking about the NBA and the NHL. And when I need to play to bet on games, usually in August, they call it the dog days because it's just baseball. I bet we could do this whole thing without any baseball. Let's welcome in the head odds maker at Bavada Sportsbook, Patrick Morrow. Patrick, the NBA and the NHL playoffs have been going. And one thing about the NBA, we talked about it last week. The drama has been great, and the, some of these series are going down. And, um, you know, when Portland gets the upset in game one, it turns a lot of heads. What does it do at Bavada when a when an eight seed upsets a one seed in one game? Does it change series bets? Does it change game two bets? How does that work? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, there have been proponents of, you know, a so-called zigzag theory before in basketball. But really, I think what, what it boils down to is that so many bettors uh, and odds makers, perhaps even to that degree, really have uh, such a short term memory uh, when it comes to trying to assess what's going to happen next. They saw what Portland uh, did early. Portland was, of course, uh, you know, really hyped up uh, the most bet on team in Bovada's NBA futures going into the playoffs uh, after their really impressive performance in the bubble uh, resumption. But uh, yes, yeah, so you do get this idea that, uh, you know, Portland is invincible. Portland can't be stopped. The Lakers then, you know, come back, give them a little bit of a humbling and remind them that, yes, the Lakers are the best team in our futures for a reason. Uh, I think what's kind of interesting uh, for our players and us as odds makers is that everyone really gets this individual showcase for each game. And we got this earlier in the bubble as well, that I think probably more than ever, we all think that we have more information than we do um, because we're all watching these games in isolation. It's like every day has been, uh, you know, a March Madness Thursday for two or three weeks. Uh, and that's similar to the NHL as well. So there is this overabundance of information, but there's also this, you know, what exactly are we seeing? We're still figuring out what the lack of home court advantage means uh, for teams like uh, Utah and Denver, for example, that don't have that very obvious elevation example. Um, you know, we're seeing how teams, you know, there was this idea that uh, scoring might be down in the bubble when realistically all these teams now are playing on the exact same surface. So they've got their exact marks. They're not adjusting to their sweet spots on the court. And as a result, we've seen so much more scoring. Uh, I think for the players, uh, and I think for us again as odds makers, we're really seeing 
a lot of competing narratives, which uh, I think we see at the beginning of any season, and this bubble was really like a brand new season for us as well, that it's narratives, 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 until we get enough numbers to make sense of what exactly we're seeing. And what we're seeing is that the Raptors are good. Nick Nurse is your coach of the year. Uh, the Lakers are great, but will need to consistently play at that next level uh, to keep off a team like Portland. Portland is very good, but does not have that depth. I think things are starting to make sense a little bit more, uh, but I'll, I'll be quite honest. We'll be happy to see Portland out of the playoffs sooner rather than later. On Bavada, what's the, the, where does the most action go? To a game-by-game -game basis, or do people bet series, or do they bet futures like a championship? So generally speaking, an individual game will have uh, more money taken on it than futures or on the series prices, although series prices have really started to uh, beef up uh, in coming years in terms of the uh, kind of wagering we get. But yeah, it, it still goes to game to game game lines. Uh, I mean, like we, we could have a position uh, over, I would say maybe two or three NBA games that would equal our largest liability on futures. So I think that's something that kind of gets... Uh, it makes for a good story when a 50 to one shot uh, does occur, or when you have like a Leicester City in Europe uh, a couple of years ago, thousand to one. Okay, those are some scenarios where small time bookies really can get hurt. But generally speaking, and in leagues uh, like the NBA, where more often than not the cream rises to the top, uh, you're not really seeing the kind of liabilities there uh, that you that are as concerning as game by game stuff. And especially now with in-game wagering, uh, you've seen teams come back from down 15, down 20. Portland, again, a great example of a team that uh, very much when uh, Dame is on the on the court and not, the plus minuses there lead to some interesting in-game wagering opportunities where we could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars just on a Portland in-game uh, comeback or Portland slacking against another team. Now, it's not always about Portland, but they are very exciting. And with the liability that they've had for us in live and futures, they are certainly one of those notable teams. But yeah, I think the interesting uh, other variable there is the rise of live betting and the kind of liabilities that we're seeing there in relation to pregame wagering and futures and series prices. And I want to talk more sports and I want to try to leave the COVID parts out of it because people are excited that sports are back and, you know, but the NFL is not in a bubble. And this weekend they had a scare and a half, 77 false positive tests. Now, the NFL's COVID numbers have been fantastic. They, in the last week, had zero players, six staffers, and it's been very, very isolated. And I've been at an NFL facility, and it is really strict. And I, I've just been impressed. I don't know how this is all going to go, but play out the scenario for me and how Bavada reacts when 77... Let's just go by one team. Let's not do 77. The New York Jets had 10 false positives. It was Saturday night when the, when the story broke. They play on Sunday. If I'm betting on a Jets-Bills game or a Jets-Steelers game, and all of a sudden I see on a Saturday night, but I've already placed my bet, what happens? How does this all play out? Even if they're false positive, that is a doomsday scenario for everybody. I would say in that scenario that I hope you bet against the Jets because your bet yeah. would still have action. And I think uh, based on uh, what we know and how difficult it would be to get that quick turnaround, you'd have to assume that those uh, 10 Jets players in this scenario would not be able to play. So I, I think that's something that more so than any other year, and I think in the last half decade or so, we've gotten pretty good 
at uh, being, you know, all over Twitter, being all over social media. I'll be quite honest, I have it set up so Adam Schefter's tweets go directly to my phone. Uh, even if he's just taking in the landscape, I'm getting that photo in real time, just in case it's something more pressing. So I think uh, given uh, how important that news is going to be, and in a league where, I, I mean, no player's life is more important than other, but in terms of what they actually mean on the field, a quarterback is worth anywhere from four to perhaps even, you know, more than a touchdown on the point spread. A quarterback being ruled out or even just the sniff of a quarterback perhaps testing positive is worth so much. So I think in those scenarios, uh, we'll be looking to even more social media monitoring. And uh, I think probably being a little bit more conservative with uh, pulling lines down very quickly in that spot and hopefully posting them back up as quick as possible when we have... Uh, confirmation of uh, you know either positive false positive whatever the case may be but it's just something that we're gonna have to be on top of that we don't want to be taking lines down we don't want to be restricting limits either but to protect uh, you know ourselves uh, in ensuring that we're on top of this information as fast as everyone else that, yeah it's it's, an, it's another added wrinkle in a year that's had more than a few of them now one of the things that has also happened we haven't talked baseball yet this year and Baseball has these pop-ups. You know, baseball has had issues with the St. Louis Cardinals. That was a big one. But the Cincinnati Reds was relatively small. The New York Mets recently was relatively small. And you're right. We're not saying one player versus another player has more value. But if it's a, if it's a reserve outfielder or even a starting outfielder, it's one thing. If it's Aaron Judge, and we're not saying Aaron Judge is test positive, but if it's Aaron Judge, that's a bigger thing. And if it's that night's starting pitcher – that's a bigger deal too. So it's essentially the same question as the NFL, but on a smaller scale, because when you get one or two positive tests, there's a chance that that guy's gonna be out 10 to 14 days. But in reality, that team might not play until they do the proper contact tracing and all the retests and all that other stuff. Right, and, and we saw some early frustrations in the season with uh, Juan Soto. Does he have it? Does he not have it? Uh, right, and they played. And, and then that Sunday game when the Marlins had four positive tests and the Phillies said, yeah, sure, we'll play. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think part of the, again, the, the struggle on our end with this is uh, an organization like Major League Baseball that continues to seemingly make it up as they go. Uh, um, you know, new schedules, new rules, the seven innings stuff, uh, putting a guy on uh, second base and extra innings, which in the spirit of this year, I'm actually okay with. I wouldn't uh, necessarily want that in a regular MLB season, but in the spirit of just trying to make something work, I don't mind. But yeah, it's, I, I mean, at, at this point, we're prepared at Bovada that if MLB wants to decide the World Series with a home run derby, uh, so be it. Uh, we have had to deal with so many different wrinkles uh, from them. And, and that's really created a lot of headaches. Uh, we've seen competitors in the industry uh, take off uh, the listed pitchers designation. So for people that aren't aware, uh, when you bet baseball at Bovada, there's a listed pitcher attached to the New York Yankees or the Philadelphia uh, Phillies, pardon me. And if that pitcher is scratched, then your wager on that money line has no action. Now, some books anticipating uh, all the movement that could potentially be happening this year uh, got rid of that designation and went to what they call action only. Uh, as a result, they found themselves getting their pants pulled down uh, pretty quickly by a lot of players that were getting that information on scratches a lot faster than they were getting them. And they've since reversed course. So I, I think it's difficult. Uh, on the one hand, it's it's forced us to be, um, it's forced us to not let, uh, we, haven't, we haven't been able to rest on our laurels, I suppose. Uh, as much as we had in previous years. Baseball, we like to think of as a pretty solved sport. 
Uh, Moneyball uh, speaks to a lot of that, uh, defensive alignments, uh, advanced sabermetrics, all that kind of stuff. And we really had to change a lot of our assumptions for our in-game wagering, our pre-game wagering, uh, how teams will be utilizing their starters. A lot of starters uh, going a lot shorter this year. Um, so I think it's forced us to be more agile. It's probably made us a little bit better at our job, but yeah, it's more so than any of the other sports. It's really just been a difficult one to keep track of as well. And I feel that MLB, it's really only in the news uh, when it is another COVID situation. You know, NHL and, M NHL and NBA have really kind of stolen never, yeah. MLB's spotlight this summer. It is supposed to be the dog days of summer where MLB is in the forefront, but unfortunately it's usually only in the news uh, for the wrong reasons right now. Is there a lot of action on preseason NFL games? Because they're not having them. And what what I've noticed is it just doesn't feel like the season's starting. <laughs> like it, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen a uniform yet, and I think it's crazy. These teams have no idea what their lineups are going to be. And forget sloppy play. Like I, I think it's a, a huge disservice to the league. And I know why they did it. But in reality, I think they're, they're having a negative impact on that. What's your take on preseason? And was that a financial loss in any way? Do players ever touch preseason? You know what? I, I, it's, it's interesting that you say that because, yeah, I was just. I would only college. ask it on the NFL. I wouldn't. Sure. Have, spring training, I'm not, I don't care. I don't even know what preseason ba basketball is, but the NFL is the NFL. Right. And it's interesting because I remember speaking to a colleague the other day and saying, oh, wait, the NFL is having two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it's coming. Uh, but yeah, looking at previous years, and I'm always kind of, uh, I would get in trouble if I was trying to persuade people not to that. But I'm always stunned at how much comes in on NFL preseason wagering, which really does reinforce that NFL is king when it comes for competition, competition for eyes, competition for betting dollars. Uh, we will take more on the average NFL preseason game than we will take on the average Major League Baseball game. That counts. That means something. That's determining, you know, playoff position, pennant races. Uh, it's it's wild. And even, even if it's, you know, for a lot of those games, maybe good football for a quarter, uh, maybe football, good football for a whole half sometimes later in preseason. So it, it is a small loss for us, but I mean, what we're getting with uh, NBA and NHL taking place right now in all of them in isolated uh, time slots has been really, really beneficial for us. Uh, I think our concern is that uh, what kind of shape are these players going to be in come game one? Are we expecting, you know, some are we expecting high scoring games with an out of shape defense or expecting low scoring games with teams just really slogging it out out there? I think that'll be something where more than any other season, uh, there will be a lot of ad advantages to players that really know their teams in and out based on how they're getting that information. Because we're just not seeing them on the field. We're not seeing enough uh, from beat reporters. We're not seeing enough on NFL Network to really let us know, aside from anecdotally, how these teams are actually doing. You know, we're, we hear more about the culture and what they're doing in relation to COVID, which of course is important, but in terms of what we're trying to get down to, how good is team A versus team B, uh, that's gonna be a challenge for us. And something that even with the small sample size of NFL, we really won't even have a great idea until the end of the season. So much for dog days. There is a cornucopia of sports. It's so much to put action on. But Patrick Morrow, head odds maker at Bovada. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, Seth. So if you find it on iTunes, you can hear all of our shows. And that's cool because people sometimes they're driving. People starting to drive again. 
And, you know, I have podcasts and the, the company that I worked with said, you know, this show is so good. Why don't we make it a podcast and see if pe- more people can hear it? And so we're going to and we'll get. So we got Twitch. We're on Facebook now. We're on YouTube now. We're on a podcast. Where else can we be? <laughs> what else is there? Um, I asked for so. Snapchat, <laughs> but Etan didn't want it to end after <laughs> t- 24 hours. What, what, what happens with Snapchat? They delete. The guy yeah, who invented Snapchat, the guy who invented Snapchat is definitely perverted. There's no question. Anybody but, who invents a service that says as soon as you send this message it's deleted? Yeah. That's that's golden for perverts. That not like per, <laughs> uh, like not perpetrators, just perverted normal people. That's all there is. I, I think I think it's good for reckless young people that don't understand that, you know, yeah. they shouldn't put everything on social media, so it kind of helps them out a little yep. bit. <laughs> put a shirt on please yeah. um okay we have a lot um i want to start because we're going to get into a lot of issues today and i'm uh, i'm emotional not going on but i have i have a number to ask you about and i'm going to start the show this way okay so just hear me out just All hear right. me out i'm listening the university of alabama announced ah. yesterday that there are 560 cases Goodness on their gracious. campus 560, Seth? And guess what? Classes are still going. Oh, oh, wow. Really? They didn't shut anything down. They're, they're going. They're going. That's then just, that's Syracuse just University. Response. Then Syracuse University has zero cases. Okay. How does Alabama have 560, but Syracuse has zero? I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, and you see what's on my sleep. Right. I don't buy that. I don't buy it either. I was going to say that. But I, I don't I think, buy it. I think Someone's uh, lying. Someone's lying. Numbers. They, might, they might have a, uh, you know, trying to think of a nice way to say lying. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, and I'm not even saying Syracuse is lying, either that Alabama number is inflated or the Syracuse number is deflated. And I firmly believe, because the NFL announced that they have zero cases, and I believe it. They are taking it so seriously, and I'm going to hold off all my NFL criticisms from this point forward. When they start to have cases and they start to have issues, yes. Is the risk incredibly high for the NFL? Absolutely. But they're going, and they have zero, zero case. They had 23,000 tests and not one player positive. That's good. Six uh, staff people in the whole league, the whole league. And they've been quarantined and it's fine. And they've been had no contact with the players. But the University of Alabama has 560 and Syracuse has zero. I, I don't I don't buy the zero. I'll be honest with you. Zero, zero. So you have friends. Let's can we get somebody from the Daily Orange on? I can reach out to them. No, like now. Because <laughs> oh, I don't right want to <laughs> drive. I don't want to drive. <laughs> Get on the phone right now and come on the show. <laughs> now, <laughs> like, like, like now. that. <laughs> right, right now. Right now. Right now. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I, and I get emails now because it's the first week in class and uh, I got students adding my class, which is normally a really nice thing that somebody is seeking me out and right. wanting to take my class. And that, that's fine. Right. But uh, I am weirded out by the whole thing. And you should be, but zero, zero. 
That doesn't even sound realistic, Seth. They have a tracker. They have a tracker. The Syracuse University COVID-19 dashboard. Okay. New student cases, and supposedly it's updated constantly. Um, There's one. One student has it um, and one new employee. Their current active cases within central New York is three. Is three? Three. Yeah, that sounds like some fudge numbers to me, Seth. It sounds like it. I, I mean, I don't know what I, I don't know what to suggest. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty low. It's weird. That's pretty low. Yeah, that's a low number. Yeah. Like it's weird. Yeah. It, it's it's very strange, very odd. So we have that. We don't have a lot of time. Um, to get into all the sports because we'll we'll get into that. To, uh, who we have on the show, uh, mm-hmm. Roland Williams and Duke Pettijohn, two yep. former Syracuse football players. Yeah, and we're going to talk to them about this as well as some other things that are going on. But yes. like, what the hell is going on in football? Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> is that I mean, a good it's... first question? Hi, welcome to the show. What the hell is going on? I think that's a very good question. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a very good way to start. I call I mean, it. It's it's. I can't get over that zero. I mean, zero. That's not. How is that possible? That's not possible, Seth. It's not. It's not possible. I I Uh can't imagine. And again, what my thought process was going to be was you would have 40 by now. And I'm not talking about 560, but I would say 40 by now. And then we'd get the email that says, you know what? We're going to make your class virtual. I agree. And, and uh, so I talked, I talked, I spoke to a, a, um, an assistant coach and he was telling me assistant how. Assistant coach with what? I don't want to say who. I don't know if he wants me to even. Tell repeat. me the sport. I, I don't know. I want to say anything. That doesn't matter, Seth. Just listen. Just listen. Wow. So he was saying that one of his theories is that, you know, the only reason why they're even starting school most universities, but he was talking about his university and in particular um, college is is because they want to justify, um, you know, charging everybody full tuition and but their plans, but their plans are to go virtual at some point. Hmm. That's, and that's messed up to be honest with you, because now you're just waiting to have some positive cases. So you could justify and say, Hey, well, we tried. Now we have to go virtual. We have to keep your money. That's messed up. If that's if, I mean, if but that's again, true, if they if their number is is one, two, or three out of twenty thousand kids, right? That's I'm okay with that. Then, then have school. Then have school. If it's if it's really one, then have school. But right. if it's five hundred and sixty, get the hell out of Alabama. Of course, long time ago, but they're still having classes. Oh my I, I believe I, I didn't see anywhere where it came. To, when I saw the story, there was no talk about changing anything. And have you and I spoken since Nick Saban, you know, no. Nick Saban, oh. who just came out and said, well, I just want to clear up a misconception. Uh, we're not doing this for the money. We're doing this for the players. Is that what he said? <laughs> no, he did Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, did you're breaking he, up. I missed miss that. Yeah, you're that breaking up. The straight face that Oh yeah, he did it with a straight face. Uh, he, he he did it with a straight face. That's terrible. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It was um, 
And I led with it in a sports report, and I just I said I can't even I can't even recreate this. Like right. it sounds like such baloney. Yeah. Which is why I've always said I want I want the SEC to play. I would like them to prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Play healthy. Play a season. I'll watch your games. I'll watch a stupid Alabama LSU game or Alabama Auburn or any of these games. I'll watch them. I'll That's cheer right. too. I'll be like, yeah. You're playing for the players. <laughs> for the players. Get out of here. <laughs> for the um, players. Am I uh, am I letting Roland in? Uh yeah, sure. Yeah, we can let him in. And then Duke's coming in like three minutes. So you... hold on, hold on. We get it our new screen. Hold on. And soon to come is Roland Williams. As soon as he turns his camera on and his microphone on. Yeah. But we will talk to him in just a second that's good gotta love zoom and zoom is working so we're fine you know what i've got to be honest with you i'm having more problem with zoom than i had with house party i gotta be honest with you you want to go back? i am you want to go zoom? back i was just i was just on another zoom call and everybody was messing up and their 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 wi-fi was all messed up <laughs> yeah your wi-fi has been and bad we didn't have we had the occasional yeah, I mean, I don't, but no, but I, I haven't, but I've done other things on other platforms I and haven't had the same issue. Stream, StreamYard has been great. I know. StreamYard is great. I know, but um, if the people at Streamlabs are watching, we're staying loyal. Don't worry. Right. But um, no, we didn't have this issue at House Party. We didn't. I don't know. I did something on StreamYard this morning. It works. I mean, it's, it was fine. I didn't play around. It, it, I was a guest on somebody's show. So right. I just, I just clicked a link and, you know said do you want to sign in i said no thank you right. <laughs> i said i'm not interested not interested uh, <laughs> not interested uh last night uh in sports while uh roland williams gets ready uh lucas giolito um threw a no hitter mm. first no hitter of 2020 and nobody was there nobody was there so it's this argument if a tree falls and no one's there to hear it how do you know they made a sound how do you know it made a sound? And there uh, he is. The guy who tweeted, he doesn't have his mic on yet. Hold on. You got to oh. unmute, buddy. Got to unmute. And there you Unmuted, go. Unmuted, yes. Yeah, welcome. There is. Roland Williams How you and Duke Pettijohn is coming. There you go. <laughs> and now we'll just wait for him to figure out his microphone as well. So, But anyway, uh, can I just finish oh, one, no. joke? one joke? One All joke. All I was going to say, my one joke was uh, there were a thousand cardboard fans there. Uh -huh. But years from now, there'll be 20,000 cardboard people that say I was there, too. <laughs> That's tough. What's going on, man? <laughs> Roland, thank you so much for joining us. What's up, man? This is so fun. I was saying, what virtual background do y'all want to see? Look, we can go grassy. <laughs> yeah, you can do them all. Yep. It's virtual. It's I virtual. Know, I, I love them, too. I, it's fun. Uh, it's fun. What's uh, going on, Duke? Hey, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Hey, uh, Roland, what's up, bro? What's up, Duke? Duke, I, I got yeah, the ball in it now. I joined the ball head revolution. Yeah. Ball hey, I'm glad, man. How long did you hold on for? Uh, <laughs> too long. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell me. You got to know when to fold them, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Man. All right, Seth, I'm going to let you introduce everybody. You introduce them. You do the, do the honors. Former Syracuse players and, of course, uh, you guys played, and I don't have the, the, the list in front of me, but you guys played in the 90s, and we all both went to school. Like, Atan started in 2000. but I'm 90. I, 
Me and Tana are the same class. Yeah, oh, so you're the same class. But, Roland, you played with Donovan McNabb, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, I came in in uh, 98. We all was together. We're only like a year. Dude, we like a year, a year or two. two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah just two years. Yeah, yeah. So that, I saw McNabb's uh, freshman year. My senior year was McNabb's freshman year. So I'm older than everybody here. And I'm oh, the least okay. mature. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's so much I want to, I want to, um, you know, talk to you guys about. But first, let's just say, first, everybody's safe and everybody healthy with everything with the coronavirus and moving around and everything. Yes, yes. Uh, most importantly, I'm, I'm in California, so uh, the coronavirus is sort of going crazy here. I got my three sons. I got, I got 17, 14, and 10. So we got three sets of schools happening at the mm. same time virtually. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, to be around them so much, and then also, you know, I'm around them so much. <laughs> right, right, right. I get it. I get it. Dude, how, how are you doing down in Texas? Uh, you know, I'm in Texas, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of you know, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, the kids are. Um, I have a, a 15, 13, and a seven year old. Uh, so, and they're all at home. Um, I'm actually out, I'm out working. So, uh, mashed up of course, but, um, yeah, so it's, you know, you, I mean, you really can't tell what, you know, what's going on here, you know, right. um, otherwise, you know, your, whatever you're doing, you know, for your family, you know, outside of that, it can, you know, it, it runs the gamut. I, got but, you. Uh, I mean, things are good, man. Things, things, things are good. You can't That's, complain. I got you. Well, let's, let's, let's jump right into it because, you know, we, we both love our school. You know, we all, all everybody here loves loves Syracuse. So we always have to put that that caveat out there. But we're mad um, at it. We're mad. We're mad. Right. Yes. Yes. However, for me personally and Seth personally, um, we kind of disagree with uh, some of the positions that they've taken with the coronavirus. So we had a whole segment that we talked about Coach Bayheim and the statements that he made. Um, and uh, Dino Babers kind of echoed them. And they said that, players would be safer with them on campus than they would be at their home. Um, I got to say, I wholeheartedly disagree with Kahn when he said that. Um, but Dino Babers has kind of echoed it. Like I said, what is what is your yeah. take? If you were there right now, you were playing right now, how safe would you feel going and, and playing for the university? Uh, Roland, I'll start with you. Well, I, I think that there's there's almost like two sides of the world. There is there is the us coming from high school and college football being a considerable upgrade to my current life. I mean, the truth is, is that when I left the hood in Rochester, you know, coming to Syracuse I had more access to more things than I probably would have had at home. Okay. And so on one side, I can say depend it depends on where you're coming from, because I just saw an article today that said they haven't had a a, a COVID a positive test in, you know, 16 weeks or whatever it may be. Six, six, weeks, six, six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. Oh, God. So, so, if it so, was 16 weeks, we'd be, they, right, they'd be right. getting, so, the Big no, Ten serious, would be so, coming back. <laughs> so on one side, when I talk to like my friends or family members that still currently where I live, they're having difficulties getting testing. On the other side, now me as a competent uh, a father and parent, that's reasonable that we have our own access to resources. That's ridiculous. Hmm. The, the notion that somehow me as a successful parent, that my kids are okay 
being away from me and subjected to an environment full of kids who I don't know about their home training and how that engagement is going to go just seems uh, a bit too much risk for me. And I would not have my kids personally saying, oh, you're going to stay and play college ball at this juncture in the midst of a pandemic that we don't truly understand. And from an athletic perspective, as you heard, can have long-term impact on your heart, different parts of your body. I mean, it's too much. It's too much. It's TMI, too much. And, and as a parent, I would say no. But, so I but, see both but why, aren't, why aren't more players saying that? Because what, what, what the sentiment has been is that players are so worried about their scholarships. And Duke, if you want to weigh in on this, they're so worried about their uh, scholarships and their position with the team that they can't say what you're saying, that that you Roland, yeah. are saying it as a successful person who's had their right. playing career and that if you're in the midst of it, you can't give it up. So you can't have those fears, even if you share the sentiment. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'm totally I totally agree. And I'm on the same page as um, as Roland. But, uh, you know, as far as it being safer now for me as a parent to feel that it's safer, um, you know, I would have to know what protocols they have in place. You know, if it's a, a bubble situation, if all right, we have a, a dorm, you know, already um, 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 identified as, you know, this is where our players are going to be. We have a shuttle. We have a shuttle to and from, you know, uh, practice and you know, there's not going to be any other, you know, uh, opportunities for the, um, for them to be exposed to, you know, um, someone who may be infected. Now, none of that has been, you know, uh, discussed or, you know, sh shared with the public. So with that being said, I would be uncomfortable with my, with, with my son on any college um, um, campus because, you know, it, it's so much, I mean, just like the country, you know, everything is, you know, uh, you know, if you go talk to 10 different people, you get 10 different protocols, you know, as to, you know, what, what's the best way to approach this. And no one's doing it like the NBA. So if you're not doing it like the NBA, then you don't need to be doing, you know, um, um, having sports, putting more kids at risk. Uh, perfect example. Uh, you just had the group of kids on, on the quad, you know, uh, just like whatever. That's what I'm afraid of. And, but you know, if you're not for people joining us late, and I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to make sure these facts are known. Syracuse right now is saying they have one case, one case. And yeah. Alabama right now this morning has 560 cases. Mm -hmm. And Natan and I are having a lot of trouble with that number because yeah, I, am, yeah. I heard what you said about the quad. And be honest, the quad is not the problem. It's fraternity row. No, 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 it's no. those houses beyond the quad. We know yeah, all the party places. We've yeah, all been there. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> right. For sure. And, and, I mean, no, no, that was, I just gave that as an no, I, example. I get it. Of, no, I, you, know, how you can't control that. Right. No. <laughs> and, and that and that goes back to the premise of you, you said, why don't people say nothing? And Yutan, I give you a classic example. Uh -huh. When we was in college, and they had the Million Man March. Mm -hmm. Me and you was both in college. You was playing Division One basketball scholarship. I was playing Division One football scholarship. Mm -hmm. All of us felt some type of way about what led to that moment, ironically. Mm -hmm. But yet you and I were the two people that left practice and I was in the middle of my season and we went and protested down in Shine all day. Mm -hmm. The repercussions for that, for that I received from <laughs> the, 
it wasn't all good. Let me just say that. Oh, really? The, the extra, the extra clowning when we oh, no. protested pepper spray down right. in Syracuse, and right. I still to this day get, hey, hey, pepper spray has got to. I still get clowned for it thirty years later. Is the reason why a lot of a lot of players don't stand up to these moments, right? It's the reason why when Colin took a knee that nobody really took a knee with him all together, although we all knew what he was kneeling for was accurate. Right, right. It's because of that fear, which goes back to that whole people being on our neck. It's, a, it's, 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 it's the fear of that you're not allowed to be honest and stand up for you as if your life matters. And that is the epiphany of, the reality of, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to take it all the way back to a slave mentality. I don't want to go too far with it. Mm -hmm. However, there is a fear of, if I don't do what I'm told, even if it's risking my own health, which technically football, I mean, ah, that technically, you know, whatever. But if I don't do what I'm told, the repercussions of me going back home to nothing, I, what I was fighting to get out of, it's not worth it. The risk reward isn't there. And that's 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 the bottom line where more athletes, I think, are not adamantly saying, I want to go back home because home ain't really <laughs> right. all mm -hmm. that good. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not often. And, and to your point, uh, you know, uh, part, part of that uh, uh, decision and not, you know, going back home is, you know, your socioeconomic uh, uh, situation. You, 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 majority of us uh, come from a single parent home. So your parents aren't as informed as, you know, you would, uh, you know, want them to be. So, you know, they'll they'll go with what's, you know, what are they saying up there? And then if they're saying that up there, then then you stay behind there. You know what I mean? So, you know, that that plays in it too as well. Um, as well. You know, it's, 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 it's troubling to me when I see the, the outbreak <sighs> of cases on different campuses, specifically with football players. You know, we can go down the list with LSU and, you know, Clemson, even when they were just getting together practicing. And Oklahoma University just had an outbreak. And you had all these different places. There, then, but then, then you have a collection of um, college football coaches saying, don't worry about those numbers. We'll keep you safe. But not really showing any specifics of how you're going to keep us safe. For me as a parent, I would have an issue with that. You know, to be honest with you, I, I, would, I would feel very uncomfortable sending my son into that environment. Um, but like you said, Roland, this is the older us. Mm -hmm. The us that has been, right. So it's, it's a little bit different, that, but- That's that's the thing. And that's the part. And, and going back Roland, to your point- your That's what Hugh Douglas said, right. I'm, I'm sorry, I missed that. Because the basketball culture is a little bit different than- yeah. yeah. So the ba the basketball culture is a little bit different than the football culture. It is. Yeah. Um, but do you think that some of the scholarships would be in jeopardy if if they did not if they opted out of coming there? If they said that they because Syracuse collectively they said we don't feel comfortable um, taking the field. That's collectively the entire team. Yeah. But can a few players really have the freedom to say we don't feel comfortable and not have any repercussions? If they made a statement um, saying as much, I, I would say you, you know um, th they could be comfortable, uh, you know, opting out. And I, and I think I've I've seen that uh, some places that uh, they have the option to play or sit out and not and actually not even lose their um, eligibility. They'll um, you know gain another year. Right, you gain another year. 
Yeah. The, the, so, so this is my question also, so Ross. You, you, sure, I saw your question might be tough. But you're right, you might lose your position. You could lose, you know, if you're yeah. a guard and the next guy up, you know, has an amazing year, you come back, you're not a starter anymore, and that could affect your yeah. whole college career. I mean, right. there's there's other effects besides the scholarship. The scholarship is a yeah, major absolutely. part of it, but there's other things involved. Roland, you know, it's similar to, you know, the uh, involuntary, the uh, the voluntary <laughs> mandatory uh, summer workouts, you know, right. and you go, home, you go home for the summer and see what happens when you come back. Yeah, you have your scholarship, you'll be like 18th on the depth chart. <laughs> so <laughs> that that'd be it. So that that's the uh one the unspoken truth. Yeah. Right. That would just be Hold up, the zoom is breaking no, up. No, it's not it's it's it, no offense. No offense. It's a ton. You guys are fine. You guys are clear. Uh, We're clear. <laughs> the audience sees us fine. It's a ton that's breaking up. Okay. That, that that's his claim. That's his claim. That no, and I sabotaged his internet so I could ask more questions. So yeah. Right. It, say it again. Fine. Say it again, John. What you say? I said, Roland, is that is that what you feel as well? Um, that you that you could have a, a losing your position, losing your um, you know, that kind of holding above your head if you decide not to play. That is that is is that's not the official statement. That's right. not the official word. But I know you know that right. there's been many players. That, that for whatever reason, a, a feeling, a sentiment can definitely impact your play. You see, what, what I believe that this is a, the larger conversation is, is it's about value of value of life, mm-hmm. right? It, this, this, is, this is a decision to me from the top down about value of life. This is, this is personality versus economy, right? This is, this is what, what matters. And so when you're testing, which they say we test three times, I looked it up now, okay. They say we test three times a week for COVID and no cases in six weeks. However, Coach Baber also said the season will be decided by what happens at nighttime. (laughs) We'll determine if there's gonna be a daytime. Mm -hmm. And that part is the part that makes college ridiculously unreasonable because y'all remember we was in college? Are you really, is everybody really going to follow directions in college at nighttime? No. no. What percentage, Duke, would you say that uh, college students are going to conform with rules and requirements at nighttime? Is it? Uh, <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's 1%, then. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. I might be overestimating. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I'm saying. Not. But, I mean, that, but that's what I'm saying. If you don't, if you don't have dorms to where you know this is where they are, and you can have a, a GA at the front and back door, then there's no way you can protect against that. Correct. So, I mean, it's all bull. If they, Etan, that would help me as a parent. Real talk. If they went bubble, like the NBA did, and invested mm-hmm. in private dorms, food, everything, and separated college athletes, and did it just like the bubble. Yeah. Okay, but there's there's a part of the bubble that I don't get because in college, you know, they went to these conference-only schedules, right? They changed the schedules. Nobody's playing out of your conference, right? Notre I didn't, Dame. I didn't, know, I didn't know what that meant. Notre <laughs> Dame came into the ACC. Cause was, cause, yeah, because in our conference, there's no risk. <laughs> well, well, right, well, but that's but, – well, well, you see where I'm going then. So so they, they did the conference schedules, and the reason supposedly is – that a conference will have a standard of isolation so that the teams you're playing and 
I, so what I said to Atan is, I want the SEC to do that. Let the SEC be the guinea pigs. Let those knuckleheads with Nick Saban saying it's not for the money and let them all just say they're doing it. And if they have a great season, I'll say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. But I don't want our school to be following the same protocols as Duke with their idiot doctor and Florida State who came in and Clemson, for God's sakes, who has so much more invested in this than Syracuse does. Mm-hmm. Syracuse has a lot invested. Don't no question. Football's a big deal. But we're not kidding ourselves. We're not a national powerhouse. Why are our kids going in onto a football field where I don't know what Clemson does? And I don't, Clemson was happy when they had 40 tests over the summer. They were thrilled when they had positive cases. And so that's my argument. I want what? Syracuse to stand up and say this is not right when they're just towing the co- the conference company line, and they're doing whatever the conference wants. Well, I mean, good night, everybody. Hey, Seth. All I can go off is is <laughs> I'm looking online, and they said there's been no cases for six I know. weeks. That has to count for something. It does. That has to count for something. Whether they're lying, which I don't think that while hacking them are lying, I think they're good. No, no, no. no. But but we're playing North Carolina in September. They had 130 cases in two days. Right. We play them. Yeah. How many of those? How many of those were were uh, football players? I don't know. I'd have to look. Yeah. I mean, that'd be interesting to know. Correct. That is that is that's the rub. The rub is our older selves talking to our older, our younger selves. Nah, hey, the the rub is what are you doing? You know, well, like like, tell us what exactly you are doing. You know, to um, you know, as far as your protocol is to protect these players. Let me you know, like you, lay, lay lay that out. Let me give you this story. Uh, this is uh, this is a story that. Uh, NC State, and I didn't even tell Atan this, and I don't even think you saw this. NC State uh, had a rise in coronavirus cases on and near campus, has moved its trip to Virginia Tech back, and will now open the football season with Wake Forest. They were originally supposed to be playing on September 12th. Now their first game is September 19th. They They are changing their date already. NC State is saying, we can't play on September 12th. Why is Syracuse saying we can? Because I'll look at the opponents. Do we, that, that's my concern is football. You guys played football. You know how much contact actually happens. So lot. let's oh, say that everybody's right. right, and Syracuse is these angelic school where everybody's following <laughs> the rules, and every, it's not a party school, and everyone's just playing World of Warcraft online sitting in their dorms. And then they go out and take on NC State. I don't want to play them all year. So now that's actually a good point because since the protocol to to stop the virus is obviously wearing a mask, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, social distancing <laughs> and washing hands. I love how he chuckled. One of those is completely off the table in a <laughs> right. football game. One, all of them are right. off the table. I mean, can't you wear a mask? I don't know. Can't you wear the face shield with the mask? On the field? I, where? Yeah, where? I, mean, I don't know how you're going to be able to breathe and do that. Oh, can't. my God. No, you can't That's impossible. That. No. Come NC State in. announced 27 positive tests in its athletic department and has put all team activities on pause. 
Oh, geez. See? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I just feel like they're just, they're, they're really forcing it, man. I, like, just seriously, everybody is forcing it. You know, perfect example, the NCAA just, I mean, they stepped away from all of it. They don't want to touch this. Tan wants to know what Mark Emmerich does with his days. Hey. The coach, here's the coach for uh, NC State. The ACC created a league schedule with flexibility to adjust games if needed. There are going to be times teams must adjust based on what is best for the health and safety of the players and staffs involved. This move provides our team and staff the time needed to prepare and reacclimate after pausing our practices. Wow. I think that the healthy decision to do in this instance game, and this will, this will be my my place where I want to rest on this one. I think the healthy thing to do for college athletics is for those students who their economic social situation, literally there's some kids that's in some hoods of Baltimore all across the country, right? That will be better off in a collegiate environment. Our apartments was better than mm -hmm. <laughs> our, I mean, our apartments. Correct. <laughs> correct. So for those individuals, you should be able to stay on campus and go through the college year without the mm -hmm. requirement of doing activities and actually competing. You should right. pause college athletics. You should give it a pause and allow those yeah. to keep their eligibility. I think playing right. overall, and you bring up a good point, Seth, it's not about just Syracuse, how they're handling it. It's about the people you're about to play against. That's ridiculous. Right. What right. good is it if, I'm, if we're doing good with no tests in six weeks and then you yeah. play against guys who are, I mean, it's a mess. But it just tells you there's no uniformity in 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 the conferences, you know, uh, protocols. Absolutely. Every, I mean, so what you're in conference, but if every school in the conference is doing something different, then it's not going to work. It's nope. not going to work. Well, so so let's just say that they they close the campus. Say there's an outbreak and they close the campus, but they want to keep the football players there. I have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, they're not well, paying yeah. them. I have a real problem with that, uh, bro. No, tell me your thoughts on that. You want to close the campus and keep the play? Well, well, I, I kind of feel like that. You know, that's that's what uh, Roland is saying. Uh, you know, uh, allowing them to, to to stay instead of sending them home as well because no, might not when they close the campus, they send everybody home. Like it's a pandemic, and everybody like at some universities, they're literally closing campus, and everybody has to be virtual, but the football players. My thing is. And I got two hats on. See, I can't help it. We actually played, and now we're parents. Right. I put my <laughs> parents on. I'm like, get your butt home. Right? Great segment. Okay. Right. Great segment. Matter of fact, I would stay. Get home. Right. But going back to when we was coming up, Duke, being real, if we had a chance to opt in or 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 go back home, would you have stayed and just stayed on campus? Yeah, I, well, I'm I put I'm I'm gonna put my crazy football player hat on helmet on is football? yes I, I would have stayed like like regardless because <laughs> one I love I love football and two I didn't want to go back home to Boston so you know I I would I would I would have took my chance and and but I also I also would have you know made sure I took care of myself too you know what I mean by you know taking the necessary precautions to you know, uh, minimize my, my, minimize my risk, but, but the, but the other part of that, and you bring up an interesting point because we, the and I have talked about this, the North Carolina sent all their kids home after three days. But mm -hmm. if you had off campus housing and most upperclassmen do you paid rent, you're not leaving. 
They're no. staying there. They'll do their classes on pass fail, but they're staying and they're probably going to parties on, on weekends or on Thursdays or wherever they go. And that's probably happening too, don't you think? Clearly. Like if Absolutely. Syracuse if Syracuse went all virtual today, the freshmen are going home. Everybody else is staying. Yeah. <laughs> but and, but this is this is this is my point though. And we can we can, you know, but but I think that as an organization, as a university. Your job is to look out for what's best of the of the students. And that's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be up to if the players want to play. Players are programmed to always want to play, whether it's through injury, whether it's through whatever, concussion, anything. That's the way that we're built, that we're going to play. But you're, you're supposed to have somebody in the organization that says, wait a minute, no, you're not clear to play. And that's my issue with them keep um, continuously bringing up that the players want to play. That should be in this discussion as a whole. If you you as an organization unsafe for them to play, that should be the end. Yeah. And yeah, interview those players, you know, individually, you know, and ask them individually. And then tell me that, you know, they said all the players want want to play. And, and, you, and you know that won't be that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. It's just like, you know, the coach is speaking for them. But you if can't get 50 if, Americans if to agree on anything. If, but if they're student athletes, right? And you're sending all of the students home, then these students, you need to put the athlete on pause and send the kid all these students home as well. And they um, go to school virtually. No other activities. And that I mean end end of story. I agree. I, I think I think I think guys, as we are seeing, sports is is a microcosm of the larger society, right? Absolutely, yes. It's this is this is should all colleges even open up, <laughs> right? Right. right. The intent was was worrying about should any high school open up, should any middle school technically open up? We're we're talking about the real conversation is right. should anything be open right now? If it's not good enough for the Democratic and Republican convention, if, if opening uh, up isn't good right. enough for everything else, why is it good enough for our children to go yeah. and take this on? I agree 100%. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't think anything should yeah. be open. Correct. Anything should be open. So I, okay. I agree with you. 100%. Correct. Correct. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about it just for just, just to be talking about different yeah. perspectives. But overall, right, exactly. as old <laughs> as we are now, shut it down and stay in the house like I am now. I don't want you to see my dirty room in the back, but this is just my bedroom, and it's completely <laughs> messy right now. That we have in your room. Hey, I, I, hey, listen, I agree with you hundred percent. So, hey, thanks for coming on the show today. I want to keep y'all too long. I know you got a meeting coming up, Roland. I know yeah. you got to get back to work. Guys are moving, so I really appreciate right. y'all talk with us today. Thanks, and y'all be safe. Hey, we hey love thanks you. for having us. Y'all have a good one, man. All, All right, Roland. Easy, bro. Easy, Jeff. See you, man. Nice to see both of you guys. Too. Thank you so much. And uh, we can go back to our other screen. I like it out of here. Here, I'll help you there. There you go. Um, yeah, NC State. Uh, Andrew says NC State has suspended all athletics due to COVID. I live 20 miles from Chapel Hill, 15 miles from Raleigh. In our neighborhood, we have UNCCH and NC State students. Seth, you're correct. The students are staying in their apartments. Oh, there's no doubt. There's yeah. no doubt. I agree. Uh, there's, there's no doubt. Those guys were great, by the way. 
No, they were great. Yeah, you could yeah. see Roland like literally just conflicted. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, I, I get it. I, yeah. I, to- I totally get it. I'm just uh, sharing our show to Facebook. Okay, okay. Yeah, my this. I don't. You know what? We might have to test it out to see if House Party is the internet connection is as bad because honestly, you broke up half that interview. I know. I saw. I wasn't trying to like bogart you. you oh, that's, know why, I mean? that's why I got quiet and let you kind of do most of it because yeah. it's like breaking up. I just was, I felt bad. I just, I could tell. And I could tell they couldn't hear you. And, you know, no matter what we do, Zoom, house party, uh, Skype, whatever it is, we always have guests in their cars. Yeah, we do. <laughs> How does that? We, I, it always happens like that. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't yeah, know. They, re- they refresh the counter. No. We So we got this big email. Uh, just now, and I thought it says first week of classes, COVID nineteen update, and I was like, oh, "Here we go," and it's seven. Seven. Ah. seven. Anyway, I don't know how much longer we can go because your internet's wonky. So I want to try to have this conversation with you. All right, go for it. Um, so I cover the Jets, um, and my mornings are spent on Zoom. Okay. Uh, talking to Jets players. And the Detroit Lions uh, yesterday canceled their practice. And they had a team meeting and a rally outside um, against the police for the incident that happened in Wisconsin. It was yep. in Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. And um, players were asked about it. And the Jets had a team meeting. And I was interested, you know, because it sounds so similar to other things we've talked about and I, I just don't know if anything's changed and Bradley McDougal is a young man he was the guy he was the Seattle Seahawks cornerback who was acquired in the big Jamal Adams trade and seems like a really nice guy I'd love to meet him I'd love to talk to him I'd love to get him on the show uh, and I'd love to introduce him to a ton here I, I would I would love that and he said uh, the meeting was good but I'm tired of meetings and I'm tired of talking about this and I'm tired. And he says, we did all that when George Floyd got killed and nothing changed. And he said, you can put all the signs and everyone's talking about black lives matter signs and you could do protests and you could do all these things. And Atan, you have never known me not to be on that side. You have never known me for one second. But what Bradley McDougal said that I was touched by was he said, we need a new plan. He said, because the plans we have, no one, nothing's changing. And that's what needs to happen. And it goes back. And I didn't have this conversation with Bradley McDougal because there were 35 people in the Zoom and it's not my place. You know, it's not my place to go on a personal conversation. And that's what sucks about COVID because I can't get close to these guys and I'm very good and i'm not trying to brag here but i'm very good at talking to athletes and i'm very good at establishing relationships and i wanted to talk to bradley mcdougall because a ton what i would love to do is i want more police officers on you want more police officers on this show show. this show i do you remember the segment we did with the police officers where they denounced these awful police officers because here's what we know and I'm so torn about this. 98.5% of cops are great cops. 
They're heroes. I, mean, I don't know the percentage, but whatever I was, the percentage, I, I threw out a number. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is though is that you know how if 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 you're a good cop, right, quote unquote good cop, correct, and you don't say anything about the bad cop, right, are you still a good cop? Right. So I don't know if you could put them in the good cop category Fine. if they're allowing the bad cops to be able. That's to. what I want the focus on. I don't want the speculation, and I've, I've I've been looking, I've been looking, and here's what the media was asking Bradley McDougal: Are you guys going to kneel for the national anthem? That's not the point. That's not that, the point. Thank that's you. The that bothers me with that's this. not <laughs> the point. Yes. That's, Stop that's, focusing on that because you know it's polarizing, and you know your website's going to get clicks, and you know that there are people against it, and you're not changing their minds. But stop right. making it about the goddamn national right. anthem and start making police officers accountable. That's my point. I agree. But that's the problem, though, because when you shift the narrative, I mean, now when you're talking about the police, you have to then say, well, I'm not for taking all of their money away and abolishing them, which nobody said. Nobody want that. Nobody. That wasn't but but and also if you're looking at you know they they have taken the connotation of the word defund the police to mean something completely different. No. Right. So 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 defunding the police and we've talked about it on here that is actually a concept that policemen um that most police departments want grace. They want they that. Want it. They don't want to be responsible for stuff that they are not trained to do. That's all it is. It doesn't mean, but but when you allow someone to hijack the message, even though you're repeatedly saying it over and over and over again, but they hijack the message to mean something else, then it, then it starts to change it to something completely different. And that's what's happened with this entire conversation. So now you can't even say that I want the police to be held accountable without being linked to being out um, anti-police. Right. <laughs> and it's wrong. not that's it's wrong. not one or the other. It, this yeah. is a simple. It's not simple. It's complicated. All right. And I no, know it's, it's easy for us to sit in our cushy little houses and be able to say these things. We're not in the front line. But Bradley McDougal says and, he, you know, you've said it before. He says, when I walk out of this this building, yes, I am bigger than most people that I come across. He says, I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I'm bigger. He says, but. No one knows that I'm a football player. You couldn't pick Bradley McDougal out of a lineup, right? Like you could put a hundred men on this screen right now, and you and I say, "Hey, tell me who Bradley McDougal is." Nobody would know, right? Nobody. I had to Google what he looked like when he took the the podium, and the argument is, he says that I don't know if I'm driving on the road and there's a cop car next to me. I don't trust that guy. And that's awful. That's an awful feeling. It's an awful feeling, but it's a constant normal feeling right. for black people in this country. And the, the thing is, though, that is interesting hearing the conversation because you heard LeBron James made a statement after the game uh, talking about how he felt, um, you know, after watching the video of Jacob Blake being shot seven times in the back. You know, and Jacob then Doc Blake, Rivers yeah. talked about how, you know, how he felt and all these, you know, Donovan Mitchell and all these people. And it's interesting seeing the response from people in mainstream America. And this is where it goes to. It says, well, wait a minute. These black people have money. They don't have the same issues there, but how are they talking about? And it's like, wait a minute. Did you, 
You think that the, the amount of money that you have in your bank account can save you if the police pull you over? Like that, that, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many degrees, it doesn't matter that I have a degree from Syracuse University, a father of three, you know, how much money. It doesn't, doesn't matter, matter, right. None of that matters. No. When, I'm, when I'm pulled over by the police, I have to keep my hands where they can see me, where they can see them. I have to move in slow motions. Situation that I didn't escalate in the first place. I have to follow those rules or else. And that's the part that, you know, white America, they don't have to do that. It's just, it's not your world. And I can't fault you for it not being your world, right. but that's not I your experience. It. Right. I didn't create so when, so when I have to talk to my son, who is 15 now and will be driving next year when he turns uh, 16 next summer, I have to keep giving him the whole plan of what to do when the police stop you repeatedly, like nonstop, which I've been talking to him since he was like 10 years old, preparing him. You know, that's not what happens in white, in white families. You don't have to do that. No, my daughters are not having that conversation. Right. So that so you have to understand that there is a difference in with that we are living in two different worlds. So, yes, there's going to be a different reaction to how black people feel when they see that video. It's not the, the first thing isn't, oh, well, what were his priors? What did he do when he was in high school? Does he have anything else in his rap sheet? You know, what, right. that's Where not he our come first from? reaction. Tell our me about his internships. Is, right. Our first reaction is that could have easily been me. Uh, Bradley McDougal's quote, um, and give credit because these guys tweeted it. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I agree. And that it just that moved me. And it moved me. I don't know, maybe hearing it from somebody not named a Tom Thomas. Like I just it moved me and I wanted to bring it up. And I you know, he said he said, give credit to the Lions because they canceled the um, they canceled their workout to have this conversation. And they were very complimentary of Christopher Johnson, who's Woody Johnson's brother, Woody Johnson, the ambassador to Great Britain, who had all that crap saying all that racial stuff. Uh, Christopher Johnson took place in a virtual team meeting yesterday and they were all, and, and all the African-American players were like they really appreciated Chris Johnson coming on to the thing and having the conversation with them and letting people speak freely. And I, I respect the hell out of what they tried to do. But then Bradley McDougal says, but I had a great meeting yesterday and today I show up and it's the same thing. Nothing's changed. And he says, and all the George yeah. Floyd stuff, nothing changed. And it's a shame. It's, it's, it's a shame. And I don't know what the right thing to do is. And when I say right, I should say correct, because it's not a right versus left. And I'm not against the police. I live in New Jersey. I live 30 minutes from the World Trade Center. But I don't the hate the police, but I don't understand why police officers don't condemn this garbage. And, and it's not even about hating the police. Like that's right. not even, that's not even the topic, but that has, but has to be the caveat that you put in I know. whenever you talk about this topic, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's, that's the frustrating part because so frustrating. it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's, it's so tough. frustrating. It, it was, it was, it's, it's wild. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Caleb's like, where are we headed? Like what's, what's coming? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he wrote civil war, but I think there's going to be a civil war when they try to shut down the, 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 the country. That's when civil war will come. And that's so that's, oh, don't get me, you know, it, uh, it's, it's coming like that. The, the, if that happens in January and February, if they change uh, presidents, 
then my goodness. Um, and we haven't had a, a lot of conversations. You and I. So. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, it's absurd for me to hear places whose numbers are actually skyrocketing. Like the, like statistically states whose coronavirus numbers are skyrocketing. You're talking about them being the ones who will be upset if there are protocols that are put in place to protect them from their, their numbers skyrocketing. I, I, it's, I can't wrap my mind. I know. I, know. I can't. I know. You know what I mean? All those Southern states, all of those red states, Florida, you know, Texas, their numbers are through the roof. They're, they're through the roof. So it's like, you know, I don't, I, it's, it's just amazing. The, the whole process, I mean, looking at the RNC, I don't know if you saw any of their convention, but like I've, I told, watched, I've watched dribs and drabs and I have a, I do have a couple of questions and we got to lighten the mood here. Okay. All right. We're getting too heavy. You're yeah, right. We're getting well, a little heavy. I want to lighten the mood. Well, you brought it up. We were no, talking- I'm glad I did. I, I, I know I brought it up. I wanted to, I heard the Bradley McDougal thing and I said, I want to talk about this. And yeah. if I had time, because the press conference ended, and it wasn't enough time to flip it around so that I could play it on the show. No, I got I'm fast. I'm not that fast. It ju- gotcha. it just happened, gotcha. um, and I was trying to get it all set up to do it, and I tried, and I I didn't I didn't do it. Um, my favorite part of the convention, uh, these are my observations. You tell me yeah. yours. Is that woman uh, Gilfoyle? <laughs> the one who was yelling the whole time. What the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know. She was intense. That was, was like, wild. It was like Vince McMahon, like with the WWE. She was like intense, like that level. And Saturday Night Live was trending because oh, they're, Cecily they're, Strong. They can't wait. Cecily Strong can't wait to do oh, that. I'm sorry. Like, Not wait. That's the open for. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh, the, my gosh. The I other bet. thing, the other thing, um, when uh, Donald Trump is interviewing the prisoners that he had rescued. Oh, okay. They're yeah. sitting around a conference table and he's entering. And I said that that looked like a podcast being recorded. Yeah, it did. And all I wanted was Trump to say, thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Check us out on iTunes. Make sure you review us. Like, that's what I felt like. I felt <laughs> like like I was listening to a pod. Like, this no, is brought to you by Squarespace. Like, like that's what I thought was coming. Right. Right. That was why I did. I mean, you know, you know who also took a um, took a a lot of criticism was Herschel Walker. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, and the guy, if you want him and he's super, super left wing. So I I, you might not want him. Jeff Perlman, who is a longtime Sports Illustrated writer and has authored, I think, eight sports books. Okay, Uh, he wrote a book two years ago about the USFL. Okay, and Trump was an owner. Or sort of. He never actually owned a team, but he took control of the New Jersey Generals and they got Herschel Walker. And that's how he knows. And Herschel Walker is a New Jersey General. And that league lasted, I think, three seasons. And the team, there were all these different teams. And I knew the New Jersey Generals because they played at the Meadowlands. And the whole idea was going to be spring football. It's kind of like what the XFL is trying now. But the USFL was a league in the 80s. And Jim Kelly and Herschel Walker were the biggest names to go to the USFL. And Trump was the owner of the Generals because he couldn't buy the Buffalo Bills. And there's a whole chapter in the book about how Trump couldn't buy the Buffalo Bills. 
And it's, oh yeah, that's all right. It's great history, and it's it's really interesting. Um, it, it's just it's a great book. And if you want Jeff Perlman, like when du- when Herschel Walker came on, Jeff Perlman went bananas. But Ned, Doug Flutie was also in the New Jersey Generals. Yep, I remember. Yeah, and then and then he sued. He sued right, and then Trump yeah, a- sued the NFL for antitrust exemption, and they got awarded a dollar, right. and the league had to fold. I remember, oh, yeah, I, I remember all that stuff. And then Jim Kelly went to the Buffalo Bills, and then they went to four Super Bowls, and that's another great thirty for thirty, the four falls of Buffalo. Franchise went to four Super Bowls and lost them all. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Oh, such a good one. Such a good one. Reggie White was also USFL. Yeah, I The didn't book see that. is amazing. It, I have it. Hold on. Where is it? Yeah, here. Football for a buck. The crazy, ri- the crazy rise and crazier demise of the USFL. Mm. It's a great book. This is a great book. And I read this and I had Jeff on my podcast on Sports with Friends. Okay. He's a really good dude, but I mean, oh my god! Like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough to be honest with you. I mean, look looking at looking at all of the, it's it's tough. It's been a tough few 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 days here, um, because you see what happens, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not. I'm, you said you didn't want to make it too heavy, but no, no, it's tough. But you you. you Watching Mine were the, funnier. I the Gilfoyle stuff was great. No, it was. But watching the RNC, you know, even though it's a lot of cartoonish type of behavior, there's a large portion of the country that agrees with that. That is oh, they're playing to their base. And, and that's the part that's scary. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. Like there's, you know, I mean, and it, it's you're you're seeing what they're saying and the fear that they're 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 really, you know laying it on heavy with the fear-mongering type of a thing. And, you know, with Doc Rivers, when he was saying, and he mentioned it, he was like, because he was watching the RNC, he was like, but we're the ones being killed by the police and we feel afraid. And that's one of the things that people didn't understand. He's like, we feel afraid. And uh, and we talk about the conversations that we have, you know, in the black community, that inside our households, every time this happens, and I could just tell you the conversation I've had with my with my kids, you know, all, every single time, yeah. and it's that that difference where, you know, when you when you feel like things are getting a little bit better, it's like reality hits you and says it's not getting better at all. It's still these, you know, and and that's the part because after George Floyd happened, and I said it repeatedly, that was honestly. The most white people that I have seen protesting and speaking out and outraged over the death of a black man by the police that I have ever seen. So it was like this whole big, you know, unity type of thing that was happening. And then the RNC happens and you see the opposite. And it's honestly scary to watch them. It's scary to watch because, you know, like I said, it looks cartoonish. But then you're like really dissecting what they're saying. And you're like, wow, there's a lot of people that agree with this. And that's the scary part. Uh, it's it's true, and it's it, it it's it's alarming. Um, what did you make of uh, Melania? <laughs> well, <laughs> Melania, you know, she's one of the people where, and people keep saying this every time I say it. It's like I, for some reason, 
feel like she's in a hostage situation yeah. where she doesn't really want to be there, but she's being forced to say these things. And it's like, but everybody said, nah, don't put that past Melania. Melania's bought it. She knows what she's doing. I'm like, I don't get that. I honestly I get like she's almost being held against her will. Like she doesn't really want to be saying any or be involved in any of this. That's what I always get whenever I see her. I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I watched like two minutes of it. I changed it. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's something. Yeah, it is something. It's something. Uh, last two mornings I have watched uh, Surviving R. Kelly. Oh, Lord. I've never seen it. And oh, you've never seen it's it. It's on Netflix, and the season two just came on. So I was like, "All right, I'll 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 dive in," and I'm through season one. And holy crap! Listen, I watched. I watched. I John Legend. Up- John Legend was on that show, and I couldn't believe it. I stayed up and watched it when um, a while. I think this maybe this was last summer. I watched like five episodes or four episodes back to back to back, and then I couldn't take anymore. Like I yeah, couldn't take it. I couldn't watch yeah. it anymore. And then, I, and then that's the last time I, I put it down. But I was it's pretty so, heavy. It's pretty heavy stuff. And I can't believe I he got so acquitted. Disgusted. So upset. Like, so everything. It's like, disgusting. it was. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, but can you listen to his music? No. Can't listen to his music. No. And, and with, with and it's interesting because. So my brother went to school at Northwestern, right? Uh-huh. Wow. And really? So, yeah, he went to Northwestern. And. Did he I play remember. sports there? No, no, he didn't play sports. Um, Northwestern so was my second choice. I chose Syracuse. Yeah, over that's Northwestern. everywhere. It's either Syracuse or Northwestern yeah. for all broadcast journals. Yep. Um, but like, so, so that's after Christmas. All right, he's been up there for a, a semester. Mm-hmm. He comes to me and he tells me, "Man, this dude." Ar-. Now, this is before everything came out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Man, this dude, R. Kelly." He's like, "It's the weirdest thing. It's like the Twilight Zone." They like he's hanging out at all these high school events and, you know, hanging out the mall and all these things and picking up these different girls and everybody knows about it and everybody's okay with it. He's like, it's the weirdest thing. He's like, I see. He's like, he saw it with his own eyes. He's at the mall and our our Kelly signaling little high school girls to come over and talk to him like he saw him. I was like, wow. And so and then later on, all the other stuff happened. But he said everybody about it. Right. It was not a secret. The uh the Boondocks, Caleb Caleb writes, the Boondocks had a wonderful episode about R. Kelly, and that uh clip is in the surviving R. Kelly. Yeah, no, no, they, they, they did do a good that was a good show. But did you ever watch that? Season two, season two is after season one, like no, no, that sounds stupid. Um, season two is after the new cases, like it's all the m- more modern stuff. Is that what season two is? No, it 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 just takes you through all of the different, like it, it takes you on a whole journey. To be honest with you, it takes you through the parents. You'll see the parents that brought their girls there because they was trying to get a record deal. It, you're gonna it's watch crazy. a little bit of it. It's- so uh, no, I'm gonna and they because uh, the, what I saw was uh, there's a surviving Jeffrey Epstein. I haven't seen that. And I'm interested in that one, too, because I watched the Jeffrey Epstein Netflix one. And holy moly, what they pulled off. What yeah. they did was, oh, my God. Yeah. And um, Alan Dershowitz is in there and yeah. uh, Clinton and Trump. 
yep. and all these dudes names. that knew him. There's a lot of names in there. It's it's pretty wild. It's yeah. it's 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 pretty amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, <laughs> anyway. But I that that's the newest stuff, uh, and it was just so funny because, um, and I wanted to t- tell you this uh, story. Do you know about the superstitions about no hitters? Do, do you know any of that? That's not your world. No, I don't know about the superstitions. So there's a uh, debate on whether or not an announcer is supposed to announce that a guy has a no hitter through six. If you have a no hitter through six, is it bad luck if you say, oh, I have a no hitter? Yeah. And what yeah, I say I'm is, it's okay for the play by play announcer. You can't say it in the press box. You do, no one says it in the press box. And there is a tradition, and it's a long standing tradition. That after six innings, if you go to the top of the seventh, someone in the press box will put take will take a piece of paper and write nine numbers on pieces of paper and put them in a hat, and you pay a dollar and you pick a number out of the hat, and it's that spot in the order that breaks up the no hitter, and there's ten of them, so the person if he throws the no hitter, the ten you know the person who had zero wins, and you win ten bucks or yeah it's ten dollars. And it's been going on since 1920. Like, it's, it's a tradition that has been in the media yeah. with sports writers in the media forever. And I am guaranteed to never see a no-hitter. I will never see one. I am the bad luck charm. I, if I'm in the ballpark, you can guarantee there's no no-hitter. I'll give you an example. Uh, 2003, I was hungover. And I don't drink a lot, so for me... I was hungover and I was lazy on a Sunday afternoon. I didn't go to Philadelphia, the Veterans Stadium, and I missed Kevin Millwood's no-hitter. In 1998, I was covering the Rockies in Denver, and I chose to go to a preseason hockey game because I was going to work for the Avalanche that fall, and I wanted to learn the team, and I missed Hideo Nomo's no-hitter. I'm telling you, I will miss no-hitters. The only chance of a no-hitter is if I'm not in the building. And I told this story on a morning show today, and I'll just I'll make you laugh. Um, my buddy, this guy Lee Frank, who works yeah. for CBS, he's in the press conference for Hideo Nomo. Now, Hideo Nomo is this Japanese star who comes over and only speaks through a translator. Okay. <laughs> and Lee Frank asked a very polite, normal question and said excuse me is there anything anything at all that Hideo can say in English to express his feelings about throwing the no-hitter and the translator goes to Hideo Nomo and I'll just I'm not going to imitate a Chinese person but a Japanese person going back and forth right and they finish and Hideo Nomo steps up to the podium and he grabs the microphone. He looks right at the guy and says, no. <laughs> Is there anything he can say in English? The answer was no. That was funny. That was funny. Hey, I'm trying to, you know, trying to bring my, my A game here. I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you see um, Marquise Morris step on Luka Doncic's foot? Yes. Do you feel that that was dirty? 
do you feel that it was intentional or do you think it was just an accident and part of the game? It's dirty, but I don't think it was intentional. I think he saw the opportunity and seized it. I don't think he had intent to injure, but he had intent to hurt. Is that fair? I think that's fair. You know, my my it's interesting to me when I hear certain players um, commentating now, and I remember the dirty stuff that they used to do. Sure. Um, most you know, and I and I like some of the players, so I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not. I have no beef with them or no problem with them. Sure. But hearing them say, "Oh, this guy needs to be out of the league. Oh, this guy is," I'm like, "Wait a minute! If I remember correctly, <laughs> you know what I mean? You did far worse with you." And the, the the reality is, when you're playing in a game, um, my coach would always tell me, um, "If you're hurt, don't tell anybody." If you're going to play, because if you hurt your hand, right, if you wrap it all up and try to play, the first thing somebody's going to do is thump your hand. <laughs> totally. <laughs> the totally. first but, thing. But when you say do. intent, does he go into that play thinking that? No, he sees it and he seizes it. And that's part of the game. And I've, you know, I've had that happen to me before that that's, that's part it's of. It's not, not dirty. It's dirty. It's dirty, but it's part it's of the game. Part of the game. It's part of the game. Right. I, I, I totally agree. Right. I totally agree. I, I just look, uh, the games have been great. Yeah, they have. The games have been great. And I was asked this on a show today and I stand by this. If they had canceled the baseball season and we got into the basketball and the hockey mm-hmm. and we have football coming, the NFL, mm-hmm. forget college. But, well, you can't forget college because it's dominate. The college dominates the talk show circuit. Because there's debates all over the place. But the NFL is happening. And the NFL came out with their announcement. Zero positive tests. They are going. And they are doing it. Go get them. I still don't believe those numbers that Syracuse gave. But we'll keep Okay. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Well, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. And if you think I'm not calling you when it happens, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be on I-81. I'm going to be 30 minutes outside of campus. Right. And and they're going to announce 140 tests and everything's going virtual. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And if that's the case, I will hit the first exit, U-turn, and and I will will not pass go. I hear you. I agree. I mean, it it just that doesn't sound believable to me. (laughs) It just doesn't. I it's so I can't believe that I'm going to be there. Like, I you 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 and I have had that conversation. Like, that place is Disneyland to me. Like, I love it there. I love it there. I get it. And I want to walk around. It's supposed to be nice. And I want to just get out of my car and just walk around and walk up the stairs by the Hall of Languages and just and the positive energy that I get from that motivates me. I got it. It motivates me to get up early. It motivates me to work harder, to make sure my reports are better. My podcasts are better. I, I messed up an edit during the Bram Weinstein episode. Mm-hmm. There was one thing where I said something wrong and I, I stopped and I say, three, two, one. And I missed it in the edit. Now it's too late. It's it's out there. There's nothing I can do. And that pisses me off. Like it, it pisses me off. And when I go to Syracuse, like that'll drive me crazy. I'll be like, I'm better than this. I'm better than this. I right. come from here. And there's a, a, a wall. There's this um, sports media wall. Okay. And there's a list. And it has about 300 names in it. Mm-hmm. 
and it's all people who have gone there who have broadcasting careers. Okay. And they, um, and I'm in it. And I go up there and I go and I take a picture next to it and I do it. I don't post it on Twitter. That's not that. I'm not an obnoxious, braggy person. No, that's cool, man. I do it. I see it. I'm in there. Like, I'm in that. And I love that. I love that. And now I'm going to be sitting there with a mask going like this, making sure nobody's around so I can see the (laughs) damn thing. Like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I'm so conflicted. It's crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's a tough decision there, man. I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's zero cases there. I'll keep repeating that. I, you know, I don't believe that. Well, that's five hundred cases. You know, I honestly thought that when you said um, UA or University of Alabama, um, they had five hundred cases and now are going virtual. I just gotta assume that part was next. I and sent you. Said, you- you yeah, said I sent no. you the the thing, right? I sent you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I just, I just assumed. I don't. I incorrectly assumed. And yeah, I thought we're going virtual was, you know, understood. <laughs> but you said no. They're having in person classes the next day. I'm like, wow. Yeah, they had a new COVID nineteen dashboard Monday night, which showed 566 coronavirus cases. That figure doesn't include entry testing where the main campus found 310 positive cases among its nearly 30,000 students. That's crazy. Uh, University of Alabama President Stuart Bell. You want to get him on? (laughs) Uh, Our challenge is not the students. Our challenge is the virus. And there's a difference, folks. Oh, oh my gosh. I hate when they say stupid stuff like that. If anyone in our listening audience, if anybody can hear the sound of my voice and you pay a penny to go to University of Alabama, please, you come on the show. Please. Oh, okay. All right. We talked about it the other day. Did you look up the Liberty uh, University stuff? Oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I stand by what I said. I stand by what I said. That is so much, though. I stand by it. It's so he is ball. such a hypocrite. He's such a hypocrite. And you knew he was a hypocrite before this. Yeah. He's yes. such a hypocrite. That being cool. said, if you are in a healthy marriage and you want to have that in your healthy marriage, you're allowed. And I will not condemn that. Right. What I will condemn is okay. don't try to be holier than thou in every other minute of yeah. your life. Every other minute. Yeah. Just a, being a freak is totally fine as long as everyone is consensual. Right, There's nothing wrong with what they did. Yeah. What they did is against everything they stand for. Then they stand for, right. That's the problem. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it's about. Because they take such a high moral ground. Like, it's just, you know, so the set the bar away here. And, 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 and then what they have required for all of their students at the university. It's like a moral high. It's like, I mean, listen, I, we, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, we had Oral Roberts University and that's who I compare to them. And the moral high ground that this cast had to have, I'm like, wait a minute, good Lord. You have to take a, a like <laughs> a, a pledge to stay pure and, or else you're kicked out the school. Or you can't have a, a a girl on your floor. You know what I mean? Like not even on your floor. Not 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 talking about in your room. Right. She can't even be on the same floor that you're on. Right. <laughs> All of this stuff, and then you had, you know, 
Richard Roberts doing all kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and it's it is and and it, it sounds like it's an extortion deal where this guy is trying to get something from them, and he went public with this and he threatened. And like I like the Jeff Bezos uh, response to that. Like Jeff Bezos, people tried to extort money from him, and uh, he was like, "Here, here's the pictures. P- post them. You want you want them on Instagram? Here, have them." He didn't care. He was getting divorced anyway. Like he didn't he didn't give a crap. Yeah. I don't know how long we can do this. The Puritans of the yeah. That's the difference. <laughs> no, listen, I, and I don't judge. And there are people who are against this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like if 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 anybody here watching this says, "Oh my God, what they did is 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 sacrilegious and it's awful and it's wrong," okay, that that's your choice. That's your choice. I am one of those people who I will I will accept anybody doing anything anytime. As long as no one's getting hurt or being taken advantage of or anything. In the Liberty case, I mean, my God. And Syracuse is still playing them. Still playing they them. They haven't canceled it. Wow. I mean, maybe the whole season blows up before then, but what? Wow. How can you dare? Uh, Andrew writes, can you put on your campus PPE so the audience and your co-host can see? I can't. It's in my car. I have two masks. I have two masks. I have a black one that's more comfortable. And I've told you about my mask, right? Uh-huh. It's like this weird material. It's like a silky material. It's super comfortable. And it looks like women's underwear. That That's what it looks like. It's that, it's that material. And I, I, I don't know why, where we got it. I have no idea, but I love it. And then I have another one who, which uh, is um, bigger and it's probably safer but it's uh, Superman logos. <laughs> and I tweeted a picture with it on because I, I, I thought that. I do want, and uh, a buddy of mine uh, um, played, uh, Joe Ganascoli, uh played Vito on The Sopranos. Remember The Sopranos? Yeah, yeah, you tell him. And Vito's making masks, and he put the Bada Bing logo, which was the name of the strip club that Tony used to hang out in. And I want that mask. I don't want a Sopranos mask. I don't want something that says Sopranos, but I would love to. Hey, what's on your mask? Bada Bing. What's that? Oh, you remember the strip club Tony Soprano used to hang out? That's what Bada Bing. (laughs) That would be, uh, uh, but I can't. It's in my car. I keep that in my car because I forget it. And I get asked to go places. Like if I have to go to the drugstore or something and I'll always forget. And I, you can't, you cannot walk in these places without a mask. Right. So I leave that stuff in my car. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I, you have to. You have to. Um, last thing, and then your internet's breaking up, so I think we're going to call it an early show. I want, us to, I want us to test House Party again, though, because I, I just test it. Let's just test it one time. Sure. Okay. Give it a um, look. I think I still have my login. <laughs> <laughs> I, I dumped them. <laughs> I dumped them and I dumped Uber conference. I tell you my Uber conference fight. Uh-uh. I had a big fight with them. Um, Uber conference is a service that I use. It's kind of like go to meeting that I use to record my podcasts. And uh, this week, uh, sports with friends is having episode 263 
and Hall of Justice is co- has um, episode 198. So between the two, that's like 400 podcasts. Right. I would say I've done 350 of them on Uber Conference. Like you did a Uber Conference. I gave you Uber Conference. You did it, and I. So I used it, and when I recorded mm-hmm. the Bram Weinstein episode last week with the new voice of the Washington Football Team. He had to join by phone. Mm-hmm. He had a connection issue, and he had to join by phone. And it's fine. The audio sounded fine. But I guess if you're on the phone and you hit zero zero, if you're a guest, not the host of the Uber conference, zero zero stops the recording. Hmm. And when I, I did this whole podcast with the guy, and he was so kind with his time, and I went to go download it to get it up, you know, to edit it, and it wasn't there. Oh, that sucks. I mean, Dang. it was brutal. And I and I said, what are you doing here? And luckily, um, we did it. And if anybody subscribes to Sports with Friends, tell me if you can tell a difference. But the last two episodes, I recorded here on Zoom. Because since I fixed my microphone, Zoom sounds great. Yeah, see, and I've had the opposite experience. Like, literally, I, I was just on a Zoom call earlier today, and it was all jacked up. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know your Wi-Fi situation. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. But it, I do. But I do know that. Um, I do know that. Uh, Streamyard, I have no issues with. <laughs> we keep saying that. I don't know why. I, know, I have no but idea. My Streamlabs people are watching this. You're killing me. <laughs> but Streamlabs has uh, been wonderful, no, guys. Streamlabs. <laughs> Streamlabs has been great. Yeah, Streamlabs has been great. I don't know what this tech guy <laughs> says. I don't know what he's talking no. about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, we are confirmed for a show on Friday. We're not going to be able to do a watch party, I don't think, because yeah. I don't think the games are going to be right on Friday, and we we got to see if I survive Thursday. No, no, no. Friday, I have to do um, the freshman no, experience. We have a show. Jay Mariotti is in. Oh, Jay's coming on. All right, yeah. big Jay. Yeah. Did I tell you what he wrote? What did he write? And the, my guy at Fox said something. Um, he texted me at 9.45 Pacific time on a Friday. And I do 4 a.m. on Saturdays, so there was no way I was awake for that. Right. And he texted me, and he said, I really enjoy coming on. And uh, my guy at Fox that introduced us said that Jay Mariotti, in his 30 years, has probably said that about four people. Oh, wow. (laughs) And for him to want to be on this show is a miracle (laughs) because he doesn't want to do anything. You don't want to do anything. He, oh, he was on. He was on in San Diego, and he was ripping it to shreds because this guy at Fox keeps booking him, and and my guy Kurt called me and he said, "You're not going to believe this." He goes, "But Jay Mariotti loves coming on your show." I was like, "Great, he can come on anytime." So that's good. Yeah, but we needed to know that we're having a show, and yesterday we couldn't yes. do a show, but I'm going to be writing. Uh, something about Bradley McDougal's comments. So make sure you check that out on Sports Illustrated. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to hear. Um, Jamison Crowder talked as well. Adam Gase talked as well. And I just, I was very touched by what they said. And I want to make sure that 
it gets a lot of exposure. So I'm going to I'm going to write the story on that. And I might quote a ton here because Lord knows. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's there's a lot. There's a lot with it. I'm actually uh, finishing. I finished a uh, story for the uh, undefeated this morning uh, talking about what we was talking about earlier about the conversation that I have with my children every time this happens. No, it's, it's hard to write. It's hard to read. It's, yeah, it it's, is. It's hard. It's it's tough. But I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. That was I agree. The line. I agree. That was the line. All right, man. Well, we'll talk. I am going to be bugging you for seven hours tomorrow. I got three hours and 20 minutes up there and then three hours and 20 minutes north and south. And my brain's going to be swimming. So just answer your phone. (laughs) And maybe, maybe what we'll do, and I don't know how to do it, but maybe we'll go live from there. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be like one of these guys that drives in the car and just has the thing going and I'll, uh, and I'll give updates from the road. Oh, okay. Or I'll, I'll put it on live, you know, Streamlabs. And I'll just hold it up like this. Like you got to get the stick thing. And then you have to just yeah, see, yeah. look, look, that doesn't look like it's social distancing over there. And did no. I tell you, <laughs> but did I tell you, um, uh, what's it called? That you have to take a picture of your class. Now oh, we're losing them. Yeah, it's over, it's over. Yeah. You have to take a That's picture funny. of your class for contact. Because they're tracing. trying to get contact tracing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll be back uh, th- Friday as long as I survive Thursday. Isn't that a great way to end a show? 